Welcome, friends, to the Motive Podcast. My name is Shaden. If you haven't been here before, and I would like to welcome a special guest that I have with me today, Steve Stringham. Actually, it's Stringham, but Stringham's cool. Yeah. That's his athletic name. Definitely. Stringham. And uh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's exciting to have him here, and, and we're going to get into some, actually some unknown for me. I, I asked Steve, so if you don't know, Steve is a therapist here at Motive and uh, does a great job, focuses on similar things as I do as far as anxiety, relationships, addiction, uh, infidelity. Uh, uh, what else, Steve? Anything? Did I miss anything? I mean, teenage, depra- teenage yeah. to an up. Yep, yep. Teenagers and up, and a lot of depression, even though that goes hand in hand and anxiety usually. But that's right. A lot of the same things. So, so what I told Steve to do is I wanted Steve to just gather his own thoughts and his own ideas and some of the themes that he's seen in his past, uh, you know, recent past and in therapy, and and then to go ahead and he's going to introduce it. And I I I actually don't know what it's going to be. I really I don't have a vague idea, and that's kind of the hope is we wanted to keep it spontaneous that way and very much in the moment. So we're going to try this out and see what happens. So Steve, mm-hmm. what do you got? Well, first off, I'm excited to be on here. Um, I'm hoping that I can just show up and be here and share some of these things and, and hopefully get some get some good conversation going. Yeah. Um, I've noticed in this last week, and it's come up before, but it's been really consistent in this last week of, of what I've been seeing is that obviously we deal a lot with the relationships and it's been coming up where, I mean, it hasn't even been specific to, to couples or marriages. It's been parent child. It's been, um, child towards parent that it, we, we get under, under this idea that we want other people to change. And sometimes it's very, what's the word it's like we're we're acting out of sincerity and out of love we want mm-hmm. you know if we could see if, if if we could have these people for example if i could have my wife see how much um i love her or how special or how she how much she means to me or or maybe even you know the word we use a lot is worth to, for her to be able to acknowledge her worth again this is just an example but i've heard that a lot this week hmm. and and then sometimes we get a little I don't know if antsy is the right word, but wanting them to like speed up. It's like, okay, if you, you can start doing your work, if this person can start really doing their work and seeing how they're worth it, whether that work means therapy, whether that work means having some difficult conversations um, in order for them to start to change. Because we, we get into this fix-it mentality with ourselves. Like if, if only I can fix myself. Mm-hmm. And then oftentimes that ripples out into other relationships if my wife could fix this then it would be easier if my son could fix this it would be easier yeah i know it's really vague right now um but something that i've learned i I heard you say it not too long ago was that when we get stuck in that mindset something that we need to also be aware of is what this person is bringing up in us Mm -hmm. and how this person is impacting possibly an insecurity um previous pain and or both mm-hmm. and see how what we can do to lean into that rather than making our change or our love contingent upon this person changing making it on you know okay what can i still do because sometimes we can get into that spot of being helpless mm-hmm. or saying like oh i can't change until they do this and i mean yeah there's always i i, I try to really believe and adhere to the the thought that there's always something we can do yeah 
I love that. Uh, I'm going to slaughter it. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said where the world would take the man would take the man out of the slums, but Christ would take the slums out of the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. And I think that's what you're saying. Is at least that's what I'm, I think I'm hearing is it's very easy for us to have an outside-in approach to our life that we, we the last thing that we would see is our, our, the stuff going on inside of us and the stuff we'd focus on first is the outside. Yeah. Whereas I think that's one of our cultural, cultural uh, I would say, foundations here at, at Motive is working from the inside out. Uh, I, I tell my clients all the time, I, I hate working with vomit, right? Nobody, nobody yeah. wants to play in vomit. Nobody wants to... to, to look at their throw up and see what was in it. They just want to get it out like it's just gone. And so, so many of our, of our, of our problems, what we would say, uh, are symptoms, right? Anxiety, depression, relationship issues, like you name it, addictions, they're symptoms of something else. And uh, yeah. that something else is often inside of us. Uh, not often, it's always it inside of us. Right. But that's where hopelessness can come in, right? If we have an outside-in approach, then, then, then as soon as I see that the outside isn't changing, right? Then, what can I hope in? Whereas when when I can see what's what that I have an influence that I can change something about me, now now hope can actually be alive mm-hmm. and well. So you follow me? Yeah, I'm following you. And this is where I think I, I notice where people start to stumble. And they, they have some opportunities to start engaging in that inside out and and I've, the the catchphrase or the line that people jump into is like oh I know I have struggles too mm-hmm. and it oh, yeah. generally stays there it's like oh I know I'm 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 you know I'm part of the problem or I know I'm this and we kind of superficially acknowledge it mm-hmm. and generally unless we like slow people down or it, it, even if it's myself and I, if if I don't slow myself down I'll think that that's enough. <laughs> Like, okay, I see, I, I, I see it. I acknowledge that I have problems. Exactly, yeah. And then we think that that just acknowledgement is is enough when really we need to, and it'd be great if we could slow down enough to say like, okay, sure, I see that I'm part of this, but how? Yeah. And what's really going on? Yeah. So, so that, I got a story. Uh, yesterday, I was at my son's baseball game, and uh, my son, I, I play with him and throw to him to help him hit. And, you know, I love baseball and, and, uh, he hits like he, in the, when he's in the batting cage and at practice, like he swings and he hits and he hits it far, like he can play. And so we're at his game and the rule in, in what he plays in two leagues and one of the leagues, it's just straight up. Like you strike out or ball four, you walk, mm-hmm. like it's straight up baseball. In the other league he's in, which is a little less competitive, it's if it's ball four, you can put the ball on a tee okay. and hit it. Okay, so his team uh, kind of got in the like, and I'm the, I'm, a, I'm part of the coaching staff, and so I could tell that the, the boys were actually just waiting for ball four, and then they could hit off the tee, mm-hmm. right? And so I go up to Justin, I'm like, hey bud, like I said, listen, I know hitting off the tee is great, but you got to swing, you know, you you got to swing, and so he gets the ball three, it's three and zero. Oh. This is his second at bat. The first at bat he walked, and second at bat it's three and zero. Oh, and I from the from the day I got him like swing, like Justin. <laughs> no matter what, like I said, if it's in the dirt, like just swing. So it, luckily it was a better pitch than that. But he swings and misses, mm-hmm. and his helmet almost falls off. That's how hard he swings. Yeah. And uh, and then 
then the second pitch he fouls so then so, so then he hit, the next pitch he fouls it off so now it's three and two and next pitch misses strike three he's out right and he just starts crying mm-hmm. and he is so he's my highly sensitive like my mirror so he's, he's walking to the dugout and it was like the third out of the inning so he's crying and I'm like, listen, like I'm trying to soothe a little bit and try to be with him. But I'm also like, hey, bud, like that's part of the game. It's so fun to swing, you know. I said, that's what that's why we play. And you're going to strike out. Well, uh, the game ended just after that. And I and again, I, I had said it multiple times. I'm like, just keep swinging. Just like, come on. And then I felt myself getting angry. Yeah. Not in like a shaming way, but more in just like an intensity of my athleticism coming out. I'm like, swing. Or, or should we just play a different sport? You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. should we just play a different yeah. sport? I said, you know, because this is, I'm like, you can't just walk. Like, you got to swing, you know? But I noticed there was this emotion in me that was coming even from my belly as I was saying it. And that when he wouldn't swing, I noticed this, um, uh, it, was, it wasn't anxiety, but it was like this pressure. And if you guys were watching us right now, like I have my hand on my chest, like it's like I could feel it like on the outside of my chest of just like this, uneasy like and also like an anger of like come on well i get in so i had to leave and go i had motive men so i i, I got in my car and i had to leave his game and uh it, well it ended and i left and and was on my way to my office to do motive men and as soon as i got in my car i realized why i felt what i felt with him and as many of you listening, which I, I love all of my listeners, but I'm not in, I'm not consistent in my podcast. Like it's it's not it used to be weekly and now it isn't. And there's actually a lot of resistance that happens for me. And like I I avoid it or I just think like I'm doing I'm building motive men. I'm doing these other things too. And and there's just there's a lot of things that have been piling up in my life that I was like avoiding, and was feeling even scared for. And so I get in my car and boom. I, I realized my outside problem, my son, was just shaden on display and that I need a swing. And I kept telling myself, and it was it was beautiful. I kind of got choked up, like, just swing the bat shade. Like you're you're you are ter- you're the one terrified of striking out. You're you're the one waiting for the perfect pitch. You're the one waiting for the 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 safe route rather than taking the risk and swinging, even when you show up to your microphone and maybe you don't know what to say or, you know, doing many different things that, that are, that are a little bit unknown. And, uh, so it was neat to see, and it was neat to recognize that this external situation, like you just brought up, it, it ignited something inside of me and it was very, for a moment, I was externalizing it upon my son. And and do I still think I'm teaching him a good lesson? Of course. But it was neat, and I'm proud of myself that I could see that he, his life and the way he was living did something inside of me that with a moment of pause could actually show me something I needed to do, something I needed to take accountability for, and that connected me to the emotion that I was feeling as well. And, that, and, and, and how cool is it if we, could, if we can take life as our spiritual wrestle, our spiritual practice that life itself is built to expose us on the inside but how many of you listening resist that how many of you are hoping actually i mean be honest with yourself how many of you hope life 
we'll just take it easy on you so you don't have to feel. I know I do. And the problem is how do we ever, so we want healing, but we don't want the doctor. Like we want healing, but we don't want the ointment. We don't, we want healing, but we don't want to be, have an incision. It's like, well, uh, good luck. Whereas life and family and relationships and is built to extract that from us. Well, and how, how incredible that you took that second to pause and in order to let, see what it really was, mm-hmm. to see what was really coming up for you. Because that's what I've been, you know, the, the little motto that I have written on my desk right now is a coincidence. Uh, a, a person I've been working with shared it with me that, that coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. Hmm. It's not my quote. I don't even know if it was his, but he shared it, and it was pretty amazing. Hmm. And... uh I think these, these moments when we have relationships, when we have something that is, yeah, it's being externalized or we're seeing it easier from the outside in mm-hmm. that it's an amazing opportunity for us to be able to reflect. And if we don't, we're missing that chance to be able to look at what, what we might be being taught or what we could be then accepting and working on. So let's break that down a little bit to help anybody listening to kind of apply that. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing you say, especially as you reflected even on my own experience, that the first the first step was even just can I recognize I'm feeling something, like and 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 I recognized I was feeling something mm-hmm. because of what how I was behaving. Like I could feel the energy inside of me coming out in my words, which is a which is a a, a flag for me to realize like okay, there's there's a definite energy here, and is it is it coming from a decent place? Right. And then yeah. number two was I asked a question whether I don't know, I even know how conscious it was, honestly, because sure. I know God was helping me too there. But it was what's going on for me right now. And I think that question is an inspired question and it actually helps one pause. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think then step three is even a I don't even know how you'd say it as a step, but it's often skipped is am I willing to even find the answer what resistance is coming up or what how why might i be resisting the answer and it's usually because of our own pride right that we don't want to know the answer yeah because you could have even taken that moment say i'm just trying to teach them baseball i'm just trying to teach them this principle which which is good Mm -hmm. it's not that it's bad per se but like you said and we've heard before too is good there's good better and best yeah that's something that i've tried to look at too is that there is a better and a best and if we take that pause and that vulnerability to not wait for the the easy pitch per mm-hmm. se, you know, you didn't wait for somebody physically to talk to you about like, hey, what was coming up for you? Yeah. Which sometimes God puts people like that in our path also. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So then I guess step four after the willingness is is a bit of pondering, I guess, and a little bit of thinking of, of what that is that's coming up for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually it's embedded in some pain, whether it's like you said, like pain of now, something that's going on right now for me, that is something that maybe I'm not accepting in my life, something I continue to reject in my life is the, and I say my, but in, you know, in all of our lives, right. anything we reject, it actually gives that thing energy. And so it'll kind of just like a, a bully would, if you push him away, that's fun. So he's going to come back. And so acknowledging something that you continue to push away is a, is a hard, is a hard thing. Right. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's what I was getting in. Yeah. That's, it's funny you bring that up. That's where I was hoping to kind of tie the knot. Okay. For lack of a better word. 
is is finding the truth there and yeah then like really seeing the honesty mm-hmm. and not giving that bully fuel because it will it'll have energy and fuel there to continue to come back and it'll be generally i think more hidden the more we let it sit do you have anything more you'd want to say on the honesty hmm. well it takes a lot of honesty and accountability uh, accountability to be able to to take that, what was that, that third step of like, okay, am I willing? Mm-hmm. Am I willing to do something here? Because we'll have to admit then and acknowledge like this is bringing something up. Yeah. Now what? Which we're often faced with that question. And I wonder, I don't know. I, I think this is where I need to, I, I need to and would like to pay more attention in my life to when I get there to that step two of really causing pause and, and really letting What's it sit. What's going on for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and see, I think context is going to be key, but to see what my tendency is to externalize and see that as like, okay, I was just trying to teach my kid baseball or I was just, you know, I just want to have this stuff done. I just want my son to be able to do this. I just want my wife to be able to, and see the tendencies that we have there and be Mm -hmm. aware of, of like something that we talked about recently in the podcast is our excuses. Yeah. We might have some really, what we think really good excuses and then that's where our honesty is going to be challenged and our accountability is going to be tested. So I'll be vulnerable. Um, more vulnerable, I guess what came up for me, if I really broke it down is my, my, my life today, the things I've been running from came up of the things I'm avoiding, but then deeper than that, I looked into it and I've talked about it before here is some core beliefs of mine, some defective beliefs that I have um of basically like failure isn't isn't okay it's not okay to fail and that's uh i mean something that i i ingrained i internalized and has been tattooed in my soul since i was very little and it wasn't it really wasn't a whole lot beyond the fact that things just usually kind of came easy for me and so as far as my my tolerance to failure i didn't really build those muscles as a kid because sadly, it's weird that I would even say sadly, but school came easy, friends came easy, sports came easy, like all those top things that kids usually are doing mm-hmm. came easy. Whereas my oldest son, and, uh, and it, it, they don't come as easy. And I watch him in those struggles and I feel for him because I don't, I don't relate to that. Mm-hmm. So, but, so because of that life that I had, failure has always just been like, don't fail. Right. And right. It, it's so normal for people nor that I do. I want to fail, but that's what came up for me is that I realized like, Oh, okay. This core belief is here. And that's, that's the key for you listening is when you can realize like I'm functioning from, from a belief that was given to me a long time ago. Well, do something about it, do something about it, face it, reverse it, do the opposite. So it's like, okay, I got to start swinging. Yeah. And it was really neat because last night I won't share what I did, but there were actually three or four things that I did that I, I told Shelly, I said, in the last hour, I've been more productive than I've been in the last three weeks. And I, I just started swinging at stuff. And I kept saying that to myself, keep swinging, keep swinging, which is a great replacement. I could, we could say that's step four or five. I then replaced that belief yeah. of failure isn't okay with a new word, a new phrase which is keep swinging. And that's a very, very deep ingrained message because of my baseball career 
that keeps swinging is, I mean, that's, that's, I, I know what that is. I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was neat. So the risk, then I came up against things that I was avoiding, chose to say, keep swinging. And, and it was cool. Cause the very first thing I swung at actually, um, it didn't fail, but like an hour later, I, I realized that I wanted something better than that mm-hmm. or different than that. And I only knew it because I had swung first and then the pitch number two came and I realized that's what I really want. And I went for it then. So then I swung at that. And, uh, so yeah, not to take over the podcast, but maybe that's some of the theme is like, keeps well, one of them is keep swinging. Yeah. I love that. You know, Mm -hmm. we'll have our own mantras there. Mine's been show up lately. Okay. Just show up. Love it. Like these things are going to hold meaning to us. And I think that's the important part is that we get honest about really what we're doing and what we're going to do about them. Mm. Yeah. Like just showing up to record a podcast. Yeah. That's exactly what I said to you right before we started. I was like, I'm just going to show up. Yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. I've appreciated this. It's awesome. Been doing my own work. Any other thoughts that you have um, about this topic or any other? No, I think we've broken this one down, honestly. Okay. I, uh, I'm thinking through of what we have said. I, uh, I know obviously we, we can and ought to influence those that we love to, to have some improvement, obviously, but it's amazing when you can ask yourself, what is it that, what is it if, if I did differently would best influence them? to do or be the way that I would love to advise them to be. Yeah. I love you. you See the difference, right? Instead of just advising them, Mm -hmm. especially from parent to teenager, because then they end up resenting you and think that you're the hypocrite. Right. And, and so to be able to say, what is it that I could do? Like I've said, I said this to say this to a lot of people. If I said, okay, I'll give you, well, it's a crazy thing to ask in couples therapy, but it's a, it brings up a lot of stuff. But if I said, what if if what if i if i gave you three things that you could do to make sure your wife would divorce you tomorrow mm-hmm. would you know how to make her divorce you tomorrow and they're like yeah I'm like okay so you you keep telling me you can't control you don't you can't control them right and they're like yeah and i'm like okay well you just told me three things that would almost guarantee a certain outcome I'm like yeah okay so if i gave you 10 grand tomorrow to make your wife or to make your husband just want to take you to the bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, just want to be all over you. What would those three things be? I'll give you 10 grand if you can make that happen. And every time they're like, okay, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> and okay, I could do, I would do that. I could, I could do, that's the key word. I yeah. could do this, this, and this. And then that's always where it's like, and why won't you? Right. Why won't you? Oh, it's because it's because you, have been embedded that they are the one that needs to change first. You have a sequence problem. You have a pride problem, but it's, you think they ought to change first before you would do the things that you actually know would create the thing that you want, such as connection. And that resistance to doing so is your problem. Mm -hmm. And that's accountability. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the other part of this. Okay. And as far as like, yeah, accepting accepting what we're resisting. And we were talking about this, I don't know, a week or so ago that 
when people come and see us, they often have a really good idea what they want and what they want it to look like and how their lives would even be. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we're pointing those, uh, pointing those things out. It's we're looking at the, the gunk that's covering it up, the gunk that's preventing them from looking at it, the sludge and the resistance. So let me summarize that for you listening. In other words, therapy, there's actually quite an assumption, at least that we have here, mm-hmm. that you you know what you want most of the time. We have the we have the understanding that there's resistance between you and that thing that you want, and therapy is to help clear that resistant resistance out. In other words, we're not a replacement gospel. We're not Jesus. We're not trying to be. We're actually just trying to help you clear out the stuff that keeps holding you back. And 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 it, and I can prove it by saying that if you if if one did not have resistance, then no nobody would be obese. Obesity wouldn't exist. Because every, everyone knows who has extra weight that they don't really want it. Most of the time, they would like to lose some of it. So why don't we? Why don't we exercise more? Why don't we eat a little healthier? It's because we love it. We love the food. We 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 like to sleep in. We like to we that we have. There are benefits to not doing it, and that is the resistance we're talking about. And so we there has to be some work in that area to to uncover that resistance because it's invisible and it's very much uh, a difficult thing to see by oneself. I need help with it all the time. Steve needs help with it. I help him with it. <laughs> we talk to each other about it. Definitely. It's just a real, it's a real deal. And it's, it's, again, it's hard to see. So, and everything has resistance to it. So, especially the good, mostly the good. So, All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, hit up Steve, too, if you want to come in for some therapy. Uh, He also, uh, he takes Select Health. He's the only therapist that we have that takes insurance right now. And, um, but does a great job. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I trust him immensely. You bet, dude. Thanks for being prepared. That was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you. Okay. See you, everyone.